It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to Gamecock Central Radio. Emerson Phillips joined by Gamecock Central columnist Scott Davis taking a look back at South Carolina's 17-10 to loss to Kentucky on Saturday night. Scott, you despise house cleaning, and for some unknown reason, at 5.30 Saturday afternoon, a couple hours before kickoff, you were moved to vacuum the house. That's a bad sign. That's got to be a bad omen. It was, Emerson. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you see me with a vacuum cleaner in my hand, it's, it's typically because my wife has told me that that's what I need to be doing um and i follow her orders very well but uh on this instance i just was extremely nervous and the best thing i could think of to alleviate the nervousness was to tow the vacuum cleaner around the house um and i as it turns out unfortunately for gamecock fans i had every reason to be nervous the gamecock offense could not get anything going Probably as anemic a performance from a Gamecock offense as I can remember seeing, to be quite honest. Yeah, it was tough to watch. Uh, The Gamecock ground game was utterly ineffective Saturday night. 35 carries for 91 yards, less than three yards per carry for the Gamecock offense. And, Scott, you know, I've heard some criticism of uh, quarterback play as well, but, you know, I maintain that if uh, McIlwain had the benefit of a little bit better rushing attack, that would probably help his performance tremendously. So the Gamecocks were just basically punchless on offense Saturday, Scott. They really were. I think their total offense, uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it was somewhere in the range of 240 yards or somewhere thereabouts in total offense. Those are just really shocking numbers against this Kentucky defense. Kentucky has not stopped anyone this season, and that includes the illustrious likes of New Mexico State and uh, Southern Mississippi. So it's not like they've been playing uh, Ohio State or, or somebody like that. They've just struggled to stop anyone in an opposing uniform in 2016 until Saturday night. They completely stifled South Carolina's running game, which I – was very, very surprised by. I thought the Gamecocks would run with total effectiveness on Saturday and then mix in some, some throws here and there, and they just couldn't get anything going at all in the running game. I, I'm very surprised by how poorly they've been able to create any kind of push on the offensive line. Um, it's just it's going to be a work in progress. I think I'm not sure we know yet just how bad this Gamecock offense can get this year because, quite honestly, they've played some really bad defenses thus far, and they've still struggled to move the ball. We invite you to check out Scott Davis's column. It's up on GamecockCentral.com right now. Emerson Phillips with Scott Davis here on Gamecock Central Radio. We hope you'll download the Gamecock Central Radio app. It's available in the App Store and on Google Play. To subscribe to the podcast, search for Gamecock Central Radio. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services. Or just visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. The phone app is good. It allows you to listen to Gamecock Central Radio podcasts anywhere you receive cell phone service. So we hope you'll check that out. Scott, worst Gamecock offense in a generation. Hate to beat a dead horse here, but it seems like this may be the worst offense since Lou Holtz's first year. Yeah, I really think it is without any shadow of a doubt, Emerson. 
Uh, they <laughs> they just when they take the field, I just don't feel like anything good is about to happen anytime that they have the ball. Uh, that Holtz team that went 0 and 11 would uh, would battle them to the death. I think for maybe the worst game <laughs> offense in history. But that team had so many injuries. There was a revolving door at quarterback throughout the year, so. There were some reasons for them to struggle, and this team has reasons to struggle as well. You're starting a true freshman quarterback who just arrived on campus uh, last winter. You know, you, you've got freshmen in the backfield, uh, redshirt freshman A.J. Turner at running back. Many of your contributing wide receivers are freshmen and or young unproven guys. Uh, I think the the fact that Randricus Davis was not able to make the trip hurt them a little bit. They just didn't have too many other options other than trying to get the ball to tight end uh, Hayden Hurst, which they were able to do a little bit. But in general, this uh, this team looks to be devoid of, of playmakers and weapons right now, and that was something that the national media said throughout throughout the the off season. It was a drumbeat of sorts that. There just wasn't much talent on the offensive side of the ball, and and I resisted that for a long time. I even wrote several columns about that, and um, right now they've been proven right. Scott, compounding matters for the Gamecocks is the fact that, that you know they played three teams that are in the bottom half of the SEC, and the schedule gets a lot more difficult starting this Saturday. Even though the Gamecocks have a five-game homestand here, you got the ninth-ranked team in the country in Texas A&M coming in. They're hot. Uh, they've whipped the Gamecocks the last couple of years, and the schedule gets really a lot more difficult moving forward here, Scott. That's what's troubling. Um, they, the teams they've played thus far are simply not very good, and they're 2-2. Two and two. Um, They were essentially run out of the stadium by Mississippi State. They, they got a few late touchdowns to make that game look closer than it was, and then just really laid an egg in Lexington. No other way to say it, and so... Now you come home and you've got to face Texas A&M, who they've just been a dreadful matchup for South Carolina's defense the last couple of years. They, it, there's something about the offense that they run that uh, South Carolina just struggles mightily against them. And so if they if they can't score at all, which right now they're struggling to do, it's almost impossible to imagine a way for them to beat Texas A&M even at home. Other than, you know, they even won the turnover battle against Kentucky, and that didn't matter. So, uh, you know, Gamecock fans were kind of giddy about Georgia's loss to Ole Miss. I I would caution you to not get too excited there. Um, Ole Miss is stacked with talent and is an infinitely better team than Kentucky is. So um, I think the the road ahead is going to be bumpy. Scott, last year, game balls you handed out were named in honor of Farrell Cooper, who was no, no question the leader of the offense last year. Uh, this year, the Gamecock offense has not found a leader, so you've come up with a new name for your weekly game balls award. Tell us about it. Yeah, we're just going to call him the artist formerly known as Farrell Cooper <laughs> game balls until somebody steps up. And um, right now, we haven't seen, you know, there have been individual players who've had a good week or two here and there. Brian Edwards had a nice game against uh bandy but you know in terms of a guy who's just consistent and you say to yourself that's the leader of this football team we we haven't seen that yet darius english gets a game ball this week he played well hayden hurst on the list also yeah darius english three sacks um he's he's really kind of come into his own as a pass rusher kentucky did run the football directly at him (laughs) 
many times in the second half. So don't know that we're ready to say he's a complete defensive player, but he, he certainly did pick up some much-needed sacks. Hayden Hurst had a big game, the, the kind of game that most fans have been waiting to see him have this season. I, I think he needs to continue being a big part of this offense going forward. He's a tough matchup for you know, linebackers and the types of guys he, he's going to end up being lined up against. And so I'd, I'd keep feeding him the ball, especially if he's going to keep trying to hurdle um, six-foot-four guys, then uh, he's the kind of guy I want out there on the football field. Scott Davis brings us a fan's perspective each week here on Gamecock Central and Gamecock Central Radio. And, Scott, to me, it's a lot of fun when a coach is pissed off in the postgame press conference, and Muschamp <laughs> certainly was Saturday night. Yeah, he he had one of those Dennis Green, uh, they are who we thought they were type moments in that press conference. That was, <laughs> quite honestly, the, the most enjoyment I got out of Gamecock football this weekend because he was he was visibly uh, upset, not particularly happy to be talking to the media, and was prepared to pounce on any question that he deemed to be ridiculous. A lot of them were one-word answers. He chastised the reporter who asked him why Brandon McElwain hadn't been made available to talk to the media. And quite honestly, that that's such a non-issue to me. I, I don't know why the media cares about that. What what are we going to hear Brandon McElwain say that's going to illuminate our understanding of what happened out there? So, again, thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, it was good to see a coach who responded to a loss the way that most of us fans do, which is emotionally. Yeah, Will Muschamp gets a game ball this week also from Scott Davis for his taciturn postgame press conference. A link to that video is on Scott's column this week. That's certainly worth a watch. And, Scott, when you lose for the third straight year to Kentucky and you run the ball 35 times for 91 yards, don't have much of an offense, plenty of deflated balls to go around, although none of them went to anybody on the team. You gave one to yourself. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I've been clinging for dear life to this hope for six and six. I've said it, I think, on every podcast that, that you and I have recorded that that was my hope for this team. It's not going to happen. There's no way I can make the math work to, to get this team to six wins after you've lost to Kentucky and Mississippi State. It's just not there. Even if you can find a way to beat Missouri at home, and that looks exceedingly doubtful right now. They scored 79 points on Saturday. I don't care who they were playing. That, that's an astonishing output by Missouri. Yeah. So that game doesn't look particularly winnable, but even if it was, you have that, and UMass, hopefully, UMass almost beat Mississippi State on Saturday, <laughs> and then you have Western Carolina. Even if you got all three of those, that still only gets you to five. I don't see any way South Carolina beats Texas A&M, Clemson, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee. Those just look completely out of reach to me. So six and six isn't going to happen. We're not going to go bowling, and it's going to be a race to the finish line for this staff to keep this recruiting class intact, keep a positive message going, um, and, and just try to keep some momentum going there because uh, – the, the news from Columbia is going to be pretty grim this, this fall. 
Gamecock offensive line gets another deflated ball this week, and you can read what Jesse Palmer had to say about the Gamecock lackluster offensive line play in Scott Davis's column this week. Scott, we've been over that pretty well already this season. No need to continue on with that, but I get the feeling that uh, in your idle time this week, there may be some more house cleaning in your in your future, coming off a tough <laughs> loss, and you may have the cleanest house in the South this week, Scott. Yeah, I think we're going to be spotless uh, by this Saturday. I think you'll be able to eat off the floors here at, at our house here in Atlanta. So um, I'm more than nervous for this Texas A&M game. I'm just simply uh, hoping that it's not the absolute debacle that I'm afraid it might be. But we'll see on Saturday, and I will be watching as always. Scott, how do you get motivated to write a column after a game like Saturday night's? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I, I try to keep it lighthearted and fun in my column. I've written a few that have have been less so. Last year after the Missouri game, for instance, uh, that one took a dark turn of sorts. But in general, I, I do want to keep things positive and keep it light. And after a game like that, it's, it's not easy to do because I know fans are frustrated, and I am too. And, and you don't know where things are headed offensively. It's hard to really see a glimmer of hope right this second for that unit so it can be tough but um usually by sunday morning when i wake up and get started on the column i've digested everything and and uh, have kind of come back down to earth a little bit and so uh i'm able to do it at that point but if i had to write them right after the games on saturday night things might be a little different all right scott the gamecocks been on the road uh, three to first four weeks to open the season so the good news is if there is any right now is that south carolina will not leave home for the next six weeks five home games with a bye week mixed in so we'll continue to follow the evolution of this football team we do expect to see more changes made and you know there'll be personnel changes probably scheme changes we'll get a firsthand look at it uh for the next six weeks the gamecocks will be at home yeah, I'm looking forward to them having a home stand. They need it desperately. It was a tough, tough slate to start the season for a team this young under a new coaching staff. Three of your first four games on the road, and those three games are SEC games. That's a tough way for them to start. They haven't had an, an easy game. Even East Carolina is a difficult opponent, as I said last week, typically beats the ACC teams they play just about every year. So it's not like that was a breather. And so they just haven't had an opportunity to, to gain much confidence. And it doesn't look like it's going to start next week against Texas A&M, unfortunately. But the good news is they will be in Williams-Brice Stadium for the foreseeable future. And that's really where they need to be right now. All right, Gamecocks and Texas A&M coming up on Saturday. A tall order for the Gamecocks, but it'll be good to be back at home. Scott, uh, rough week. I think Gamecock Nation is a little bit down in the mouth this week, but as always, next week, and we'll continue to talk about the Gamecock football season here on Gamecock Central Radio. We appreciate you. Uh, great to be with you, Emerson. Talk to you next week. All right, we'll do it again next week. For Scott Davis, I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.